Welcome to another episode of Live at the Family Barbecue. It's your boy, A-Wall, and I'm here with... You know, Imani Shani. What's good, y'all? The dynamic duo, you know what I'm saying? Only coming second to uh, Scotty and uh, Mike, something like that, right? thought she was going to say Batman and Robin. I was, but I didn't want you to be Robin. You could have been Robin. <laughs> I don't know why you just assumed that was going to be me, but all right. Shaq and Kobe? <laughs> You shot for sure. Hey, so uh, real quick, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna start this off on a positive note before I get to your positive note. What up? What up? Someone had their one year anniversary. Wow. A <laughs> uh, nigga go to the Bahamas. You feel me? <laughs> With her young nigga, and then come back the following week, and it's been a year. So what's up? How's it feel, my G? For everybody out there who can't stand a relationship longer than three <laughs> months, like me. Hey, look, you know, it's nice. Love is amazing. You know, it's one of those things you can't explain, but when you're in it, you like, dang, this love for show. So it's it's cool. That, it's cool. Right. That was hella gay. It's but... fine, though. It's fine, though. <laughs> you'll get there one day, young boy. You'll get there one day. So what'd y'all do? Real quick, what'd y'all do? So we went A good to... one-year anniversary. What did y'all do? We never went to a baseball game. That was on the bucket list. You feel me? We went to that nice uh, Giants game with the smacking seats. Okay. Courtesy of my day job. Um, and then we ended it at Morton's Steakhouse. Steakhouse. Okay. Skylar Boys, Morton's, but it was Morton's Steakhouse. It was good. <laughs> it was a good day. It was chill. It was cool. It was a good one year. It was a good one year. Okay. All right. So how did the pay go? Like, you know. Well, like, How did the pay go? Yeah, like, did, did you pay for anything on the one year? Well, you, the game was my gift. You feel me? Like, did, that was... But did you get the tickets for free? Listen, it's not about that. <laughs> like, you feel me? Like, it was $86 tickets. But you got them for free. That's not the point. So, um... It was great, you know, that was one of my gifts, and dinner was one of his gifts, so it was just like that. Like, y'all women gotta stop doing that. I'm not gonna stick on that, but, I mean, you should've put, you should've put, you should've put some money up, man. But anyway, I I digress, I digress, you didn't. No, I did, though. You used your resources. You didn't tell me what I did. You used your resources, I'm not mad at you. I still have to pay, you feel me? Not the whole thing, Okay, okay, I got you. You sound like a bitter single nigga, but, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hating for no reason, right? <laughs> All right, so anyway, I'll let you uh, dive into your, uh, you know, first take of the day. We got some cool pop culture things to talk about as well as some uh, in-depth uh, black excellence, you know what I'm saying, or black topics of discussion, so. On a happy note, my guy Kendrick, did you hear about his lovely good deed? Good deeds. Instead of throwing money at the strip club, he... Purchased a wheelchair accessible van for one of his um, one of his biggest fans. I don't know what exactly happened to her, but um, it was a surprise. So I guess she was backstage. Backstage, she brought her backstage and did and, that. And yeah, he presented her um, with just like a shirt that he had signed, and mm-hmm. I guess she thought that was it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later, it was another video of him, like or no, it was a woman who had told them that he had gotten them the van. And they were just like, what? Say that's that's dope, man. I I I appreciate someone with money doing something. I I figured that's something for the community. You know, that's something near and dear to us. You know, our uh, grandfather was uh you know paralyzed from the waist down, so we know how much you know the wheelchair accessible accessories and you know a lot of people need stuff like that, man. So I think that's dope. I think more people should definitely 
uh, get on that wave, even if it's oh, not nice people. Yeah, even if it's not handicapped people, you know, even just donating your time, you know, things like that, because uh, that's something you can't get back. You I think another memory. person that's kind of big on kind of going above and beyond for their guests is J. Cole. Mm. I hear a lot about J. Cole. Like, I think... Um, he had paid. I think Nikki did this too recently, but J. Cole had kind of started the, well, how much you need for college? Well, mm. what you need to pay for college? What do you need to do to finish school? Mm. Let me know, and I got you. So he was kind of on that too, and I feel like more people got to start doing that. Like, it's cool to be behind stage and, oh, yeah, I'm with this artist, but it's right. like, at the end of the day, you go back home to whatever you're dealing with. Right. So it's like, how can they, you know, like, right. use their platform to help you a little bit more? And mm. I think that's good. Like, yeah, that's actually dope. Low-key, everybody was talking shit about uh, Yachty too, because he was a dropout from college, but mm-hmm. he's been paying for people's uh, college tuition too. He started something similar to Nikki's, mm-hmm. and then you know, of course, Chance he does stuff with the public yeah, schools in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So I just think it's dope that uh, you know, for all of the negative energy we give to the hip hop industry or the stuff they promote, it's a lot of guys and women like this doing, you know, great stuff behind the scenes. So yeah, shout out to y'all, man. Shout, shout out, out to y'all. To them. Um, a couple another quick points. Uh, I don't know who is all in the uh, power gang, but Not you know I. I'm a fan of Ghost. You know uh, my man Amari uh, Hardwick, I believe is his name. Fifty, great show. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, you know Lala is one of the main characters on the show, as everybody knows. Her and Melo been going through some issues, and I can honestly say, man. Mello might have to get the divorce. They might have to just go on and do it, man. She been... <laughs> like, what? I wasn't expecting that, but go ahead. I might be doing too much, but it's like, you know, they've been going through their thing. Because I heard, I guess, he he was cheating or something like that. He cheated. He cheated. cheated. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, we got it. Go ahead. He cheated. I don't know if he got the girl pregnant or not. It's been, like, conflicting mm-hmm. things with that. But anyway, so they've been trying to work it out. But in the midst of that, granted, I don't know when this was shot. I don't know when they started shooting power. But she's been having some hot sex scenes with the white boy Tommy on the show. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to be honest. I've been a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) I've been a little uncomfortable watching this. I'm trying to figure out what what made you say that Melanie to go ahead and get that divorce. They're like, what? Yo, man. Look, man, you can't be on TV wilding. But he could be out in these streets having sex with other women. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not That's saying not that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But he wasn't. He's not out there promoting it. You feel me? It's not getting put on blast in front of air. This is like real life, bro. This is real life. He got to go I home and see this with men. Like, are you serious? Look. First of all, no, no, no. First of all, one. That's a check. That's her job. She don't have to do the sex hey, thing. Hey, did did Melo get paid for having sex with that woman? Did he get paid for that? Did that put money in their pockets? No, he probably gave her some money. So while you saying he needs to get a divorce from her because of her job, I'm uncomfortable. I can't with you. I'm uncomfortable, bro. I, I told you I could be doing a little much, but my thing is this. My thing is this. Nah. Melo is a whole black Muslim at the house. He that that's what that like. Melo is that. So of all people, you got the script. 
Were you fucking on the white man all over in the, in the joint? Wait, wait, Like, so wait. now I got to put insult on top of injury? Like, you already got to do a sex scene, but now I got to be with the with was, the white man. Was, was Melo was a whole <laughs> black Muslim when he had sex with that chick? I just want to know if he, like, if that hey, changed look, or not. Nah, I'm just saying, I understand that. I understand okay, that. Okay, I just, I just had to But see. at least it wasn't with a white woman. Hey, look. Hey, look, he being consistent. He Next. being consistent. <laughs> anyway, man, I look. Honestly, I hope they work it out for real. I do, but I yeah. sure was uncomfortable to me, man. I'm just saying. Uh, granted, I haven't seen Power or don't you know, the... just fast forward that scene, bro. Fast forward that. Okay. So uh, a couple other things, uh, real quick. On a more serious note, um, Jonathan, or I think his name is Jonathan, but they said John Edwards. But I think it's Jonathan Edwards was the 15 year old boy. In Dallas, Texas, who had went to a uh, party with his friends. And um, I said Dallas, Texas. Yeah, Dallas, Texas. They was leaving the house party. I guess something had happened at the party, not involving them. Cops pulled up on them. Uh, the boy was driving. He ended up getting shot in the head, killed by the police. John Edwards was driving? Yeah, freshman kid. Mm-hmm. And they said the reason behind it was he was backing up aggressively. In the car, so apparently they thought this 15-year-old boy was about to, uh, you know, run him over or something like that. But anyway, I digress. The uh, the officer, uh, I forgot his name, uh, Roy Oliver. Uh, he is getting four counts of assault with a deadly weapon and the murder charge. So he's been indicted on that. So I just wanted to bring that back to the, uh, you know, to the light. Uh, I know people, there ain't been a lot of people talking about it because they've been happening so frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. But we'll see how it unfolds. You know, you hope for the best and uh, expect the worst when it comes to things like this. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, man. But it's a, definitely a sad story. But we'll keep you guys updated on that. Definitely keep that family. In prayer, uh, man. In prayer, I can't imagine losing. You know, like a child, like you, you always in your mind, you always figure your parents are gonna go first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like of age, whatever. And so, as a parent, you think that? Yeah. So to have your child, like I can't even. Yeah, man. Imagine. So, and then in another one, this one is weird. Uh, a yoga instructor from Australia. Her name is Justine. I don't want to mispronounce the last name, but Rushjik, something like that. Justine Rushjik, mm-hmm. and uh, she was living. I think recently started living in Minnesota. She was a veterinarian. Just became a yoga instructor. White lady, and uh, in her house, uh, she her she thought she heard someone getting sexually assaulted in her uh, back alley. Mm-hmm. And um, called the police, went back there to check it out. She ends up getting killed by the police, and she was the one who called them to let them know it was a situation going on. And somehow, their body cameras uh, weren't on for the whole incident. How can you can't make this shit up, man? How you can't make it up. It? Like every time, I promise. Every time, every time the story is a little fishy. The body cameras ain't working or they went off, you know, so it's like to the point where it's like, what do they even have them for? Like you said, so um, like I said, we'll keep you guys posted on that. But I thought that was an interesting uh, it's crazy. story. And who does that fall back on? Like, is it the chief, the commissioner? Like, who does that type of incident fall back on? I have no idea. 
well, they're doing a weak-ass job because there's been so many occasions where when it's convenient, the, the body camera must stop working. Right. So it's just like, I don't, I mean, as people, like, I don't, I don't see what more we could do outside of using our voice and signing petitions and da-da-da. It's kind of like I feel like people behind the scenes low-key need to get fired for them to really be like, okay, this is real. Because I feel like, like when people stand up, like they don't really feel it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, And the crazy thing is, too, like, a lot of, uh, like I, I wrestle with some of my friends about this, too, because they're like, man, why it ain't more people like helping out when they see things like this happening? Like, everybody's so quick to pull their cameras out, pull their cameras out, pull their cameras out. But then when you think about it, it's like, well, damn, like if their camera's not going to work and they're just supposed to be the ones that's supposed to take care of all of this, I almost think it it really needs to be someone filming it on their phones. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't mean it needs to doesn't need to be other people there just witnessing and, you know, just solely focusing on the incident, seeing if they can intervene or, uh, you know, mediate. But, I mean, you damn near need someone on their cell phone doing stuff like this. You can't tell me they can't get that technology right in 2017. And that's better. That's honestly better, in my opinion, than putting your life in danger when the incident is going on like that's true if you would have told me some something like that happened i would not have wanted you to intervene Mm -hmm. at all like the first thing i would have wanted you to do is like pull your phone out and record because honestly what else can you do you could have been another victim right and then we wouldn't have had nothing no type of evidence if you would have dropped your phone and went you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i feel like people make fun of it and say technology but we got to use it to our advantage and like try to outsmart the system because video don't lie right recordings don't lie right that, and then the crazy part is that's the only thing you could do because even sometimes when you do got the video it still ain't <laughs> it True. still don't mean nothing but you know like you said at least at least you have it mm-hmm. you know so crazy world man sucks man crazy world crazy world so this this is something that's it's a little it's uncomfortable you know, here we go. For, Good for, word. For what is it? Now, I like, I wasn't around, like, you know, and this is build up. I wasn't around when Thriller came out, you know what I'm saying? Or Off the Wall, things like that. These are albums I love today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really around to really be able to appreciate them as, I, as they were going on. Yes. And then later on, Michael Jackson, of course, you know, he got accused of things with molestation with kids and things like that. And, uh, you know, we sometimes we're like, well, you know, did he do it because he paid him off or, you know, whatever. He just didn't want to go to court and things like that. And uh, a lot of people sometimes don't think, see how like younger generations and even older generations, even if though he was accused, like it was never, I don't think. He actually got convicted in court, but they still was like, I know, how could you support him? And it's like for some of these people, like I can only imagine what it was like growing up when fucking Thriller dropped. Mm -hmm. Like we still go crazy about it today. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that same thing that comes up, like a separating art and the person. Like, can you celebrate and and, and really recognize this talent? of who it is mm-hmm. even though someone's been accused of things or even convicted of things and you know so i use that because i'm fast forwarding to r kelly because mm-hmm. nigga i was here when i believe i could fly came out <laughs> <laughs> on space jam <laughs> and when i tell you as a kid when michael was dunking that ball like and that record started playing like it did something 
it did something. And every and the the irony behind all of this is that every kindergarten preschool graduation, they're gonna be playing. I believe I can fly. Like that's like the song that they play. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody who's like been habitually accused of molestation and dealing with younger people, but yet they play these songs mm-hmm. at kid-like graduations, whatever it may be, high school graduations, all sorts of stuff. So, yesterday, it went to a whole nother level. So now they're saying R. Kelly was not only uh, dealing with younger girls, but apparently he was abducting, kidnapping, and he had like a whole sex cult going on at his crib, like mm-hmm. where people couldn't leave, these two girls. Mm-hmm. And his, his assistant was the one that came out and outed this, right? I think so. I don't know. That was what you read? That's what I read. So, yeah, that might have been what it was. So, anyway, that whole narrative yesterday was that these girls was underage. So, it came out today the girls wasn't underage. Like, one was 21 or 22, Mm -hmm. and the other one was, like, 32. Mm -hmm. So, then the other girl, the younger one, the 21, released a video on TMZ talking about, like, she don't know what's going on. Like, she said it was all on her parents and things like that. And uh, they were just frustrated she hadn't been talking to her. And they wanted to check and, you know, things like that. So, anyway, I thought, you know, it was cool. I was like, all right, well, maybe he didn't do it. Until the end of the video when they was like, so, you know, are you allowed to leave? And she was like, well, I don't really want to talk about that right now. (laughs) But in that video, did she say that she was with R. Kelly? (laughs) She didn't say she was with him. I don't know who was interviewing her. Hmm. But anyway, that was what happened. So, my thing is this. Fishy. Yeah, it was a little fishy. (laughs) But it's like, as R. Kelly, like, you just got to know at this point they looking for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can't do nothing wrong. You mm-hmm. can't do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. The second piece is you can't just assume, like, uh, as a media, we, we do this on Twitter and things like that. That the, I, I thought these girls was, like, 14 or 15 or something like that. And it mm-hmm. was, like, something wild going on. Can't find out they was of age. So, again, you still got to do your research. So, this brings me back to my point uh, with you. Because I wanted to get your perspective. Because I was talking yesterday. And I honestly don't think that the R. Kelly fight is black men's fight, man. Wait, what do you <laughs> Wait, wait. What? I don't think, like, because I was on Twitter and they talking about, look, like, I hope we can respect women enough to finally stop supporting R. Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm reading this and I'm like... Every time I look at an R. Kelly concert on Twitter, Instagram, any of that, it's like thousands and thousands of black women in the front row throwing their panties at R. Kelly, like, today. Like, it don't be no men at these R. Kelly concerts. Like, I've never in my life decided to spend no money on R. Kelly. If you go on YouTube right now and Google, like, not Google, but YouTube, R. Kelly concerts, it's going to be a majority female crowd. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As it should be. That's what his, you know, his music is geared towards him. So, like, to me, like, when I'm reading this, I'm like, well, who is you talking about when you say we need to show more respect for black women and stop supporting this man when, like, majority of the people going to see him and supporting his music, buying these tickets is black women? Mm-hmm. I feel you. I don't think it's just, I don't think it's necessarily a thing of black men, we need y'all to stop supporting this man as much as it should be a, if you're going to say that, it should be a look. 
all of us together, men and women, need to stop supporting this man because of da 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 da. Like, I don't think it should just fall mostly on men because he's a man or whatever the right. reason is. Right, right, right. No, 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 I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so my next thing is, like, it's so much stuff that goes on. It's like, what would that look like? So does that mean, um, I don't know, like, he don't get invited to the BET Awards? Uh, he shouldn't be on VH1. Like, nigga shouldn't stream his music. Like, do we got to turn the radio station if someone play it? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how far does it go? Because at the end of the day, like, the man is a genius. And a lot of times, like, I'll be in the car and I'd be like, I wish, I wish, I okay. wish. <laughs> like, it just come, right. wait, it come on and then I'm not even, like, I don't start thinking about, like, oh, like, this nigga did marry Aaliyah when he was 30 and she was, like, 15. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the first thing you're hearing is, like, sound like, oh, man, this is a dope-ass song. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, I just don't know what that would look like, us not supporting them or, like, because I think the first thing it starts, like, just don't put no money in this pocket, man. Like, I if that's how you that. feel, just don't go to the concert. Like, it shouldn't be nobody at his concerts if that's what you feel like. Yeah, that's what I I honestly agree. I was gonna say the same thing. It's just I feel like if he is and all this is true and da da da, or even if you don't know if it's true but you firmly believe it is, don't put no money in his pockets. Like Facts. listening to the radio is not going to do anything specifically for R. Kelly. Like doesn't mean you gotta <laughs> act like you don't enjoy everything he did up until this point. You right. don't gotta lie to yourself. But future wise make it a point to not put no money in that man's pockets. It's got to hit him somewhere. He got to feel it somewhere if he is doing all this stuff. Right. But it's like, as a human, what can you do about this celebrity? <laughs> Nothing except not put money in his pockets. Bro, when the world's greatest come on, man, that shit, like... Oh, yeah. Bro, we use oh, we yeah. literally use his songs like, ain't none of that shit never I, happened. I and that's because the music is that fucking good. I randomly break out into his songs at home all the time. Yeah, so... I know you hear me in the back. I'm that little bit of hope. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> do that. You, you definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, um... But no, it's not funny, though. The situation isn't funny. It's no. not funny. I'm just saying that in order to really make some noise... Like, he has to get hit somewhere. And the only thing we could do legally is stop supporting him monetarily. Boom. There you go. And then, like, my last point is, too, like, I think we just got to get to a point. Like, oh, like, it's just so much stuff. Like, it's always stuff going on. Like, whether it be uh, in, you know, pop culture, entertainment and things where it's like scandals with people, like, Motherfuckers still support, you know, Mel Gibson. Watch Braveheart. He done said nigga shit. Uh, Charlie Sheen. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fucking Catholic Church. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much has stuff has been covered up with them? Like, you know what I'm saying? And still get support. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I just feel like you got to be more specific with what you mean. And it got to be across the board. Like, you know what I'm saying? It can't just be with... Or Kelly, that's the one thing we need to do it with. It's like, yo, like, that type of change need to be happening across the board. Like, whatever, whether it's Africa Bombada not listening to his music. Like, he got caught up with that. And whoever else it is, like, make it that type of thing. Like, it can't just be an R. Kelly thing. It need to be if we not going to support people who doing stuff like this or whatever it is, like, it need to be that way across the board. And that's just what I think. I agree. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean. So, um, but that's it. So, in closing, 
your thing. Can you separate talent and personal life? And now we're on to the next one. Mm, yeah, because I just feel like I can't, like, if I were to say I'm never going to, like, bounce to or listen to his music, I would feel like, like that would be a lie. You feel me? Like, I can't just unlike something that right. I've liked my whole life. Right. So it's just like, but I could say from this point forward, he will not be, you know, I will not support him in any of his future things. If it's an R. Kelly concert at Hugh, I ain't going. Don't schedule me. You ain't fucking fucking up a check with that one. I don't don't play with that. Yeah, nah, I feel you on that. So, anyway, uh, if you're listening to this, make sure you log on to getfarmagazine.com. That's G E T F A R magazine.com, the number one source of black culture. And you can find that on all social media platforms as well as on the website. So, check it out, see what we're talking about. So, my boy, Michael Vick. Now, a little precursor to this, like coon coon baboon. I can't. I, I don't want to call Mike Vick a coon, man. <laughs> this is a, like this is like to any young black athlete. If you played sports and you grew up in that era, like Michael Vick was like, he was like it. You know what I mean? Like for us, it was he was like black. Uh, he was a, he was that person. It was like a nostalgic moment. It felt like we had a savior, a black quarterback. He represented us. He had braids. He was playing like nobody else, 4-2 speed, outrunning everybody. He had a cannon for an arm. He played in Atlanta, the blackest city, you know what I'm saying, probably in the National Football League. And, like, he, we felt like he was representing us. So, like, Michael Vick means something to black people, like, period. You know what I'm saying? And I'd never take nothing like that away from him. Now, with that being said. <laughs> right. With that being said, um, the other day he was on, uh, I forgot which show it was, but it was one of the shows on uh, Fox Sports 1. And uh, basically, uh, they have brought up Colin Kaepernick. Anybody who's listening who just needs a refresher, Colin Kaepernick last year took a knee in protest of black men and women, you know, being killed by police. So he didn't stand during the national anthem. A lot of other players hopped on board with it and other sports. He's received a lot of support around the entertainment community, everybody. So anyway, that was his deal. So the thing has been he uh, he's a free agent now, and he hasn't been getting picked up by – any teams and you know a lot of people feel like it's because of the stance he took politically mm-hmm. and um you know because there's been a lot of other quarterbacks who ain't as good as him that's been getting picked up so anyway they brought Michael Vick on there and they asked him to talk about what he thinks Colin Kaepernick should do and the first thing he said was he thought he should cut his hair he said he shouldn't represent himself like that. Um, he needs to be presentable. Um, and that's not the Colin Kaepernick he knows or the league knows, so to speak. And um, I think what we got to understand, first off, is a lot of these shows know who they bringing on to talk about these subjects. Now, granted, Michael Vick is a great player. I don't know about Michael Vick uh, from a political sense or even a black stance on things like that, even though I know how he's been blackballed. So I think they set up a lot of this kind of stuff on purpose. Like, they're not bringing on, like, 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to talk about it or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to save him right now. I don't know. I'm gonna keep it real. Like so, I'm just saying I think it's a strategy to who they bringing on the show. Like because they're not bringing the people on it that I feel like can articulate it the best. So I'm bringing it back to this point. Michael Vick is only speaking from his frame of reference. Now Michael Vick was locked up uh, because they said he was fighting dogs. Uh, Dogs got killed on his property. They said he knew about it. Whatever. I think he went around. He went down for like 18 months. So when he got back, you know, he was a felon. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's coming out of jail, and his perspective is they telling him, you need to cut your hair. You need to clean all of this up. This is how you're going to get back in to the league. We want to make you look this certain type of way to make you get back in the league. The separation is Colin Kaepernick is not a criminal. You know what I'm saying? Had no felony charges. So Michael Vick. What I felt like he did and he what I think he would have done if he was around a different set of people. I think he kind of fell into that a little bit. I felt like he was articulating it like or he wanted to is that this is a white man's league. Like, you know what I'm saying? White owners, white coaches, uh, most of the consumers that watch it, you know, white folks that's paying for the tickets. I mean, and they want to see a certain type of thing. So if you're trying to get back into this. You might want to do it this way if you're trying to get back in, you know what I'm saying, to make them feel comfortable. And he didn't say it like that, but as I'm reading through it and I've listened to it a few times, it felt like that's what he was trying to say. Because up until Michael Vick had got out, we had looked at Michael Vick like he was like a real nigga. This is like Michael Vick. And they basically tried to turn him into an African-American. When he <laughs> when he got back, just an African American, like you know what I'm saying. No more earrings, no more gold chains, no more braids, no more afros, no more being in music videos. Like, no, you're gonna be the clean cut Michael Vick if you want to get back into the league. And he did that for a comfortability thing for them. So I think he's get, he's getting those two things tied up, and it's two completely separate situations. Because one, if Tom Brady could wear his hair loose. Or Clay Matthews and all these guys let their hair go. It shouldn't be no problem if a black man wants to wear an afro. That's the equivalent to us letting our hair go, right? It's a bunch of black men in the league that have locks, locks, and braids. dreads, and braids, and all of that. You saying that to him? Then you saying that to everybody? To everybody? Does everybody need to cut their hair? Yeah. No, I just feel like he he lacked common sense. Yeah. That's like I don't I don't know much about football, but. Yeah. To me, that nigga lacks common sense, and that's just it. <laughs> yeah. And then, look, I think I really think he fell into that. And it was like, because I think someone came back and said he apologized uh, to Colin uh, today or something like that. I think he might have sent him a tweet or called him or something like that. But that was what he came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, you know how it came up. Like, you can't say, like, a black person wearing their self, you know, their natural hair isn't presentable. But I think it's like. Anything like me and you, we've had jobs where we worked at white establishments, right? Mm-hmm. So when we go in there, our hair, they like it to look a certain type of way. They might say, you can't have dreads if you come in here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or we like for people to wear business suits. We like this because that's the culture they got for their business if I want to work in that. Yeah. So I think that's what he was saying. He was like, yo, you're going to have to make them feel extra comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it, like you said, it wasn't. I don't think it was the right message, but it was, um, you know, from his perspective, because that's what he was thinking about his situation. But it's two completely different situations. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I mean, I ain't fuck with it either. Like I read it and I was like, come on, Mike Vic. Like, you ain't, come on, bro. Yeah, 
don't know. I just feel like into as much heat as um, Colin, 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 yeah, as much heat as Colin has got, even just for his hair. I just feel like from a from a weird brother standpoint, he should have he should have came at that completely different. But mm-hmm. again, when you lack common sense, you're not really thinking about that. <laughs> He's answering the question, so. <laughs> It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. That might be the child of me, man. It's just like, damn, wife, come on, bro. But, yeah, I mean, the, well, yeah, the, the response. Yeah, I mean, but the response was stupid. Like, I ain't going to take that yeah. away from it. Like, you know, being presentable, like you said, if everybody wearing locks and dreads in the league, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It can't just be him. He got to make everybody else feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like we said, he ain't do nothing wrong. Like, he ain't been locked up, no criminal charges, things like that. But it had brought me to another point because I think it's a lot of people uh, speaking out on him, whether it's black athletes in, uh, in football or coaches and things like that. And I think it needs to be – they got a players union. Like, so all the players, they talk amongst each other. But even in, like, Jim Brown's time and a lot of the older athletes, they had a black players union. You know what I'm saying? where they could talk amongst black athletes and we can have something like, this is how we're going to handle these situations. Because that's what I'm seeing right now. It seems to be they're not on a common front and they're not all on a mutual understanding about Colin's situation. Because you got some people out there supporting Colin and they're saying, oh, I support Colin, but I wouldn't have did this and things like that. And I feel like for somebody who's speaking on the things that he's speaking on and doing what he's doing, like everybody need to be behind that man. Like it shouldn't be nobody's saying nothing negative about him in the mainstream media now if you want to call him up and say something about him that's one thing but putting his name out there in a certain type of way when what he's done like we said has been no wrong he's been supportive of black people getting justice and all you got is negative things to say about how he needs to change his image like i feel like that's crazy i think black players in the football league the Richard Shermans of the world, the Marshawn Lynch's, the, uh, you know, whoever it may be, those players that got that train of thought, they need to have some type of sit down and have a black players union where we can say, look, you could think what you want about what Colin is doing, but as black athletes in the NFL, we're not going to say anything about him in public that could stop him from getting a job. You know what I'm saying? That could stop him from getting picked up or that could have a negative impact on him playing in the football league again. If you got personal gripes with him, cool. But as a front, we're not saying nothing negative about Colin in the mainstream media, period. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what the league is lacking. Like, And I think they keep him like that on purpose. But I think the black players and some of the leaders in the NFL really need to think about how they can get something like that established. Because to me, it's no reason why that man should be getting talked about. Like, it's like a yin and yang type thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we support him, but no, nah, he need to cut his hair. Like, he's a great guy, but he need to switch his image. Like, what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think. That's my little two cents. I don't know if I could get that in some black athletes' ears, but I think that's something they need to do. Yeah, I agree. I don't know much about like I said about that, but I feel what you just said, and I think that's I agree with that. Right, 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 right. Go on, make your drop, cuz. Hey, look! Shout out to my YouTube <laughs> channel. You know what I'm saying I still got that nice Bahamas glow. Go check out my blog, YouTube.com. Search for me under Imani Shani. Nice little 15-minute video, man. I enjoyed that. Swimming with the sharks, bro. Man, that joint was two hours. 
broke it down to 25 minutes. I'm like, mm, that's cool, but will people really watch a 25-minute video? I'm like, right. all right. Went down to 21 minutes, mm. tried to upload it. You can't have videos longer than 15 minutes on YouTube if you're not verified. I didn't even know that. Bruh, I didn't even know that. I thought I did some with 21 minutes. All right. So, yeah, go. I put in work, man. Go look at my video, bruh. Yeah, it was dope. I had a couple people hit me up about it. They said it was clean. Ah, thanks, homie. Yeah, they said it was clean. So, my guy. My guy. Now, this is a brother, man. Uh, he came to speak at Bowie a couple times while I was there. I think I seen him once. But um, the great uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. I don't know if you watched any of his stuff, but I'll kind of get you caught up on him a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson is a uh, black nationalist, unapologetically, you know, black man. So for anybody who doesn't know what black nationalism is, it's basically saying like black folks need to have their own set of rules and guidelines and way of life, even in America separated from like European influence. So basically, our own schools, our own banks, you know, make sure we got our own dentists, doctors, all sorts of things like that. Make sure black people is marrying black people, etc. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's his thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's uh you know, that's what he's gained fame off of. That's him. Mm -hmm. So, uh I think 3 weeks ago he was on the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne and all of them. And uh, he said it was a good interview, uh, and he was basically talking about, um, you know, interracial relationships. And he was saying, like, you know, he just thinks, you know, black men and black women should be together. That's what he believes, mm -hmm. you know, period. Like, no, nothing else. Like, that's what he thinks. You mm -hmm. know, black men and black women should be together, period. So I don't know why they got on it so late, but he ended up going on TV One with uh, Roland Martin. Some of you guys might remember him from CNN. The following, like maybe a week or two later, and they really kind of like jumped him, like <laughs> because he said that on TV. Yeah, like that's basically what it was about. It was about one: is he really a doctor? And then two: uh, why does he feel like uh, you know black men and black women, you know, should exclusively be together? And he has said like basically, you know, uh, you can't really be a hundred percent behind the movement if you're not married to a black person. Like, that was his thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they kind of jumped in. My boy was on the show I went to Bowie with, my man Eugene. They called him a straight coon. Dr. Umar called him a coon on the show. <laughs> so shout out, shout out to my guy Eugene, though. I, I, he's a good dude, man. He's not, he not a coon, man. But he is a black Republican, and you know. Black folks don't be fucking with that. So, you know, but that's something he's been dealing with since we was in college. But anyway, so it was interesting because I wanted to do a little research on it. Um, and I googled his name to see what would pop up, and immediately it was The Root, uh, The Griot, and a lot of other black outlets. And I was surprised because all of these black outlets was bashing this man. Mm -hmm. Bashing him, bashing him, bashing him bad. And, like, the only thing I could think of was, like, why would we be discrediting um, someone who's a black doctor, one of our own, and his central points are promoting black business, promoting black love, and he's currently uh, raising money. He's, like, three-quarters of the way there to create a school for, I think it's going to be K through 12, or at least K through 8, um, for underprivileged black boys. Mm -hmm. So he's creating a school for black boys. 
So for me to log on there and then I see, you know, all this stuff about, you know, we need to immediately uh, discredit Dr. Umar. Uh, We don't need to be putting him on any more platforms. Who is this guy? Hmm. I felt a little bit, uh, I, I, I almost felt like, you know, we had jumped into like a whole uh, uh, Coon Twilight Zone, man. Like, no, nah, it's some real. Because I just don't understand how we get to a point where somebody is doing things for black people specifically. And because you disagree with him on a point, which was in this case, interracial relationships. He said he was completely against it. Now that's a reason for him to be discredited as a man as a scholar and none of the work that he's doing matters anymore because you disagree with him on a point about interracial relationships. And it got me to thinking, man, like, honestly, I think it's a real, I won't want to say a war going on, but it's a struggle going on between black people. And I think it's been going on for a long time. I know it has, but the so-called bougie Negroes or bougie niggas, and, you know, people who we may see or they may see as too black, you know, and one of the words they call them today is uh, hotep. Like they call them hoteps. What? Yeah. So anyway, that's why it's a word for peace. So somehow that became a negative word for somebody who, like, from my all accounts, is just someone who promotes their blackness. Mm-hmm. So um, it was interesting because. I see it today, and I see you guys, or I see everybody on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. We acknowledge and we love Malcolm X, Huey P. Newton, Asada, Muhammad Ali, all of these guys. And a lot of them were were deemed black nationalists, you know what I'm saying? Or people completely behind, you know, black people. Like, that's what they pushed completely. So it's interesting to me to see people dog this man out for doing essentially or uh, preaching the same thing that all of these people that we got holidays for and celebrate now today are doing. And I think it's really become honestly uh it's become very uh commercialized, you know what I'm saying? Our blackness is commercialized. And it's a way for people to bring notoriety to themselves, um, getting behind something black, and then, but not too black. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's kind of where I've been at with it because I see these people like basically picking our leaders. Like we do, we shouldn't get behind someone like Dr. Umar, who's creating black schools, regardless of what you think of some of his personal views. But we should get behind someone like uh, D-Ray. No disrespect to him, but, I mean, that's just what it is. I don't know if you know who D-Ray is, but uh, Black Lives Matter dude always wears the blue vest type thing. Mm -hmm. You probably know him if you've seen him. But anyway, this is somebody, like, folks get behind. And I'm like, well, what has he done to deserve support over someone who's literally putting in work to get a school made for black children? One of the most uh, book speakers at historically black colleges and universities and some for some reason we should stop messing with him and you know 
going over over to these guys, and I think it's people really just trying to pick your leaders, man. And, you know, I got an issue with that because I think that needs to come from your own intuition, and I think we use media as a way to sometimes do the hard work for us instead of doing our own research. So mm-hmm. that was it. I just wanted to get uh, see your point, what you think in terms of, like, one, um, is it? Do you feel like it's a war going on, like, in terms of, like, people being too black and too bougie? Um, not really. I just think, again, it's, I don't know why. I just feel like so much is just common sense for me. Like, I, like, with Barack Obama, I didn't agree with everything he did, but I still supported him as a president for everything he stood for, and who he was to so many people and who he was just even speaking for me. But Mm -hmm. no, I didn't agree with absolutely every single thing he did. No, and I feel like it's the same with Dr. Umar. You don't have to agree. You don't have to agree with how he felt about um, interracial relationships. It's not that deep. Now he gets blackballed by a bunch of... Black people. Black people for one thing he said that, to me, like, I don't know, like... Like it's just not that deep. Like I just feel like it's not that serious. That there's mad black people that feel like you should only be with black people. There's mad Latins that only want to be with Latins. It's mad Chinese people that abandon their daughters for dating outside of their race. Like facts. Literally, every race has something. Everybody thinks that way about something in their life. You feel me? So you take everything with a grain of salt. Like. He said that that's how he feels, but what else has he done that's positive? So much. Right. So it's just it's just not that deep with me. Either you agree with it or you don't. I personally agree with it. All right. Y'all gonna chew me out? Y'all, y'all gonna <laughs> hit me up? Like, what's up? Like, it is what it is. I agree. Like, it's not that deep. Yeah, I mean, because it's like you said, like, I, I think a lot of people don't get into this. Like, marriage is essentially a business, too. And a lot of people don't look at it like that. But marriage is a business in the sense of if you got wealthy white people or wealthy Asian people, like you said, you rarely see them marrying outside of their race. Why? Because you get the dollar to circulate back through your community and nobody else gets access to those resources and those dollars. When you look at us, we like one of the main groups like where our people get money and they decide to do that. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like you said, everybody does that. I had a kid where I was teaching uh, down and uh, at the high school I'm at, and like her pop straight up said it. Like it was like a parent teacher conference, Mexican dude. Like we tell her, our daughter, like you know, it ain't nothing against like black people, but we tell her like, no, she need to date like a Mexican dude. Like you know what I'm saying? So everybody does that. Everybody does that. My mom did it. My dad did that. You know what I'm saying? So you can do that without disrespecting other people along the way. Like it's not that deep. Right. And you I just don't have to act like you don't do it. And I just wanted I'm just wondering where it got to a point where we were so sensitive about it. Like and mm-hmm. so sensitive about your own. Like I don't understand how me saying like I only date black women is somehow a reason now for black people to start getting at me like what like mm-hmm. why would you only do that mm-hmm. that happened to me one time in college man this girl tried to chew me out <laughs> like dead ass a black girl and i was like we was in a uh we was in a uh i don't know it was like some open discussion and i was like yeah like honestly like i would only marry a black woman like that's just you know that's just me she's like how could you do that <laughs> 
How Why? did you say that? Yeah, love, love don't have no color, yada yada yada. And I was like, I'm not saying nothing about love. Like I got homeboys that married outside of their race. Like I'm happy for them regardless. Like you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about specifically for me. Like yeah, I feel like I need to marry a black woman because I want to be able to connect with her on all levels of life. Like you know what I'm saying? Like as much as you know, someone can empathize with our struggle and stuff like that. It's still only certain ways like me and you might feel if we get pulled by the, over by the police. Like some people ain't got to deal with that or getting followed through a store. You feel me? Or even getting picked first on the basketball team because they think you automatically good at basketball. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's just certain stuff. Yeah, it ain't all negative, but it's just certain stuff like in life that we can all just like, and I feel like I want to be able to do that if I get married. Like, I want to be able to connect with my wife on all levels of that. And I feel like that's all he's saying. Like, if you want to be able to connect with someone on all levels, like, you need to be a black woman. And like, black folks got to stop being so sensitive about that shit, man. Like, he, all he's doing is uplifting you because you can't be on the Twitter on one hand saying that, you know, black men ain't doing enough or dating enough black women. And then when somebody comes out and says we should only date black women, now you got an issue with them. Because now you sound confused. You know what I'm saying? So that was it, man. That was what I, I, I thought about. It. And I thought it was it was a it was an interesting point, man. Common sense is lax. <laughs> Common sense, man. Stop being bougie out here, man. Stop being bougie, man. Respect, respect your blackness. Love it. So, I mean, I think that's uh that's about it, man. If you uh got any other points, anything coming up? Mm. New video being posted or something like that. New videos. I'm back on my weekly grind. You feel me? I got that. I got that nice Bahamian glow. So it's got me, you know confident and ready to push out these videos so check back weekly again youtube.com search for me under imani shani and i got some stuff for everybody yeah blacks whites hispanics chinese check me out (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right and it's all good man so uh you know at the end of the day like use your own intuition with all of this stuff man soak it in Please add us. Let us know what's good, how you feel about everything. And then we just got to keep it moving, man. And, um, you know, see what's going on. So, Wanda, you might as well just, you know, hit them with the finishing move one time. Yeah, you know what it is. Hakuna Matata, niggas. Peace. Peace.